Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me as always are my co-hosts from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast, Rebellious D, Double O-T, Terrific Trav. How you fellas doing today? It is another episode for Black History Month. What's good, y'all? Bro, I'm going to tell you, I'm hungry now. That's <laughs> Look, what I man. am. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you want to eat, Trav? It is ready to... T- hey, it's, it's time to go, man. Let's get this thing on the road. We have a fantastic guest on today. Mm-hmm. Now, I will Allegedly. say this. Come on. I went to Scrimp Shack last night. Got uh Uh-oh. Got the new chicken sandwich. And it is, it? It is no joke. Uh, and it has some gumbo. Uh-oh. On the sandwich? No, not on the... Come on. Bro. on the no, sa- not on the this sandwich. This guy. Trav, you know, just, just reel put it back. the gumbo on the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do. Hey, bro, just... Bubba would have did it. Mm-hmm. Hey. R.I.P. Bubba. But Tra- R.I.P. Trav won it, so... Oh, Trav. Trav won it. Well, all right. Uh, one out of ten, what do you rate it? Oh, the, the chicken sandwich? Yeah. Uh, the chicken sandwich was a good eight and a half out of ten. But that gumbo... The gumbo was a 10. Gumbo's 10. Gumbo, uh, was, gumbo. was the sandwich better than the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Yes. Oh, okay. Because it's fresh. Fresh Ooh. chicken, big old breast meat, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought get you were about to say breast milk. Nah, nah. Why would breast he... milk. Let's get this guy out of here. He's talking about gumbo <laughs> on sandwiches. He's talking about gumbo <laughs> on the sandwich with the breast milk. Side of breast milk. Hey, did, did he send uh, the band to go get breast milk? Where are they the now? Where they nah, at? Diddy didn't the send the band. Chappelle sent the band to go to Brussels. <laughs> Where they at now? Diddy sent them to get the cheesecake. <laughs> they were dialing like cheesecake. Chappelle <laughs> said, "I I'm need try, that press milk from Cambodia." <laughs> but no, but um, yeah, like D said, we have a really phenomenal guest for uh, another Black History Month episode, and uh, you guys, y'all know this man. Y'all seen him on Kenan and Kale. Dawn of the Dead, Halloween, the list of movies that this man has done in TV shows is uh, astronomical. And joining us on today's episode is actor Mr. Ken Forey. So before we get into today's interview, make sure wherever you're listening to us on podcast platforms, Apple iTunes, make sure that you rate us because it definitely helps us and it helps the numbers continue to keep on rising. Thank you so much for uh, helping us. Uh, get to where we are today, guys, because the numbers are really high. We really appreciate that. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and give uh, Mr. Forey a call. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor. That's right. We want to thank Golden Ink Tattoo for always sponsoring the podcast. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. You can give them a call at 757-465-1010 and book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, or their brand new tattoo artist, Kane, spelled like Kanye. Also, mentioning up Leveling Up Banks will get you a 10% discount off your tattoo. So make sure you mention up Leveling Up Banks to get 10% off your tattoo. And we have a legend joining us today on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and that is actor Mr. Ken Foray. How are you doing today, Ken? Doing well. Glad to be with the three amigos. Hey, hey, that's I, like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us for Black History Month. We really appreciate that. Something that we do here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks for all of our guests 
is we ask, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who doesn't know who you are, who you are. From Indianapolis, Indiana. Nice. Um, um, I'm, as you can see, I'm a Hoosier fan. We lost yesterday, so it's the morning, my black morning outfit. (laughs) 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 Uh, We went Tuesday, though, I'm sure. Better. Um, I'm, um, I've been an actor for over 45, 50 years, I would wow. imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, spent most of my, uh, my first 15 years in born in Indianapolis, spent 15 years there moved to Colorado and then on to New York and Chicago, Loyola university and then to New York and, uh, and, uh, just happened to, uh, be bitten by the, the, uh, show business, uh, Piper and I've been <laughs> at it ever since. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. that. So was acting, was it something that you always imagined getting into? You know, no, I mean, like, no, not, not not really. No, my my family was really into um I guess more uh, political uh, mm-hmm. endeavors and uh journalism, psychology, um teaching. Hmm. And so no one in my family or my extended family really, um, except I had an uncle. <laughs> and uh, his name was Shank. And uh, Shank Middlebrooks. James, James Middlebrooks was Shank. Shank, they called him Shank Middlebrooks. And he died before I was born. But apparently Shank had a, a tent show, three tents that he traveled throughout the Midwest and South. And he was an entertainer and hmm. an actor. And so he put on shows and, and, and was very successful uh, in the Midwest and the South. So he was the only person that, that had any aspirations or any uh, had a career in the arts that I know of in my, in my family, besides me. That's pretty sweet, though. That's, yeah, what a, that's some pretty what a sweet hell of a name, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I know uh, when I was a kid, I used to get in trouble for saying Shank. And uh, <laughs> I, I always thought I always thought the name was like a, a cool name. I, I was in the seventh grade and uh, you guys never heard this, but I had heard Shank for the first time. And I started telling people in class to start calling me Shank and I got in trouble. Yeah, I got detention <laughs> and all that stuff. Shank, yeah, it's, it's, yes, that's that's usually something that you you um, you put in jail because of, or you in jail mm-hmm. and you use it and you stay yep. in jail. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like coming up, uh, you know, those are those life lessons that you learn because yep. I, I don't know if you're into wrestling, Mister Foray, but um, or I'm pretty sure you know who The Rock is, and he used to say back in the day, like. You know, his favorite pie was Poo-Tang Pie. And I had said it in school one day, and the teacher, like, he's put me in detention because of it. And I was just like, well, The Rock says it all the time. I, I didn't think I was saying anything wrong. Like, yeah, you Poo-tang? learned those stuff. Yeah, Poo-Tang, Poo-tang. Pie. <laughs> 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 the Rock great. got that from his father. And his father got that exactly from the streets. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, the Godfather, you know, when he was wrestling, he was doing the pimp character. And a lot of the stuff that he was saying on TV at the time, 
Like a lot of the people that worked in production and stuff, they didn't know what he was saying. He was just saying stuff from the streets. But mm-hmm. then when the networks was just like, you can't have this guy saying this stuff on TV. Like he was saying it for months. So yeah, I, I totally to the good it. father. Uh, he became the good father. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Mr. Foray, I wanted to ask you now because the first time I had saw you on TV was on, you know, one of my favorite shows coming up, Kenan and Kale, you know, back in the day, I used to get called Kenan all the time. When I got into the wrestling business, they used to say that I was Kenan, my tag partner at the time. They used to call him Kale. And, <laughs> you know, to see that you were on this show, because we was just talking about this before uh, you came into the room. It's just like you were a positive Black father on TV that really doesn't get talked about that much when it comes to, you know, positive Black role models that we had on TV at the time. And I just want to say thank you for that. And uh, now I want to ask you, like, how was it working on that show? How old are you, man? I am 33 years old. Uh, my birthday yes. was a few weeks ago. Yeah. Most of the uh, adults who I meet in the, in the mid-30s were mm-hmm. children for Keenan and Kel. Yep. And they're, they're just they're everywhere. They go <laughs> oh, I'm in Keenan and Kel. And if they don't tie... They don't tie my other work with Kenan and Kel. I mean, they you know they don't look at me and and something I I I did in television or some one of the other films I've done, and they say, "Oh, that's Ken Forey. He was in Kenan and Kel. He's Kenan's dad." They never tie those two together. I said, right. "Oh, you were in that? Oh, that is you." I said, "Well, don't I look the same? <laughs> you got a mug <laughs> yeah. like this. I mean, it's very 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 hard not to be. You know, there's not not many so distinct." Uh, kind of ugly mug, but you know, uh, I've got to, you know, you got to, you know, you got to I don't know what. It, I um, it was a great time. I think that um, working with two of the uh, the most talented and funniest uh, child actors uh, in the history of Nickelodeon was a ball every day. It was just like, you know, come, let's go play. play. It was like somebody knocking on your door and said, come on, let's go play outside. And it was going to play out in the backyard or something. It was like being a child again with those kids. They were great. The show was was nice. I took a pie in the face every day. So <laughs> it, it was something new and surprising. So oh, it was yeah. a good show. Good show. It's nice to see, uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, it's nice to just see Keenan finally getting recognition. You know, he finally got his own show on, uh, was it on Banks NBC? Yeah, uh, see, uh, yeah right, right, NBC. Yeah. Yes, With Keenan and yeah. his flowers, man. Yeah, and he's he got the, his flowers. I, I want to say he's the longest reigning member of SNL of all time. He is. Like, his tenure, yeah. He yeah. is. So. He certainly is. He certainly is. He's, uh, he's done very well. Uh, he's quite the gentleman, um, and I couldn't be more proud of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I talk to him occasionally. We text, and occasionally we'll we'll have something to eat together. And he's just, um, you know, it's it's just just wonderful to watch him as he as he's, he's prospered and uh, with um, SNL and this new show is just just going off the charts. So I'm I'm just thrilled for him, absolutely thrilled. Kel is doing well too. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's 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 preaching. He's uh, uh, he's also working, still working, and, and doing, doing he's doing films. And he's just I mean, he's had a few TV. I see Kel all over the television in one absolutely. one production or another, and mm-hmm. uh, he's um, really uh, he's 
he's really taken to his faith and uh, his belief in uh, God and uh, spiritualism, and he's become, uh, it, it fits him so well. It's, it's, I can see it in him. I can see what it's done for him. And it has, it's, it's something that I think he needed, and I think uh, we all need help, of course, but I, I think because you can't get through this, this, um, this life without some kind of uh, support and, 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 and belief, and, and you, you don't do it alone. And, and I think he's, uh, he's found what he needs, and it's just wonderful to see his face just light up and, and his eyes sparkle. It's just a, a very, he's a different person, and I, and I can't tell you how wonderful that is to see. So he's been, they're both doing well, both doing very well. I'm very happy for them. And the show was great. <laughs> as, a, yeah. as as I know, you guys are, you're 30, you're in your 30s, you, all of you guys yeah, are Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all the same age. Yes, sir. I'm so sure you, so you were kids, you watched me, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great, great. Oh, yes, so, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you're it's, great it's, fans, right? Yeah, it's definitely uh, nice to, you know, see that everybody's doing well in life because, you know, sometimes it's like you do have to go through those, uh, those struggles to get to where you're meant to be at in life. So I agree with you 100% on that. And to see, you know, Keenan, like Trav said, he has the show now. He's one of the longest tenured members on Saturday Night Live and not just the longest tenured members. He's one of the longest black members to be on the show as well, which, you know, back in the day, like those, those roles, it's like they weren't that long, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a few years or so. So mm-hmm. I remember when I was a teenager and I saw that he was on, uh, not Keenan Kill, sorry, Saturday Night Live. I was just like, yo, this is awesome because this is somebody that I grew up watching on TV. And now mm-hmm. he's on SNL, which is like one of the biggest things on TV. So that's cool for him. And the next question that I wanted to ask you is because we live in such an era where nostalgia plays a big role in almost everything. Has there been any talks of maybe uh Kenan and Kel revival where Kenan and Kel are adults now? You know, I I I hear that occasionally. Mm. Um there was, I think they were on Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. both of them together appeared on Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon one night. Um they've uh, they they've they've spent some time maybe having dinner or something and occasionally once or twice. But I, I don't think that anyone's really said anything that's meant any. You know, I mean, you, when you when you hear rumors and right. people say they would like for it to happen, that's that's great talk. But you know, until the network say, "Let's bring the family back, yeah. see where they are now," and uh, Keenan and Kale both say, "Let's do. We want to do this," then, uh, then it's not a reality. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait until I get the call. And I suggest everyone else does as, as well. Let me wait. That's <laughs> when right. they see it announced in Variety, you can believe that something's going to happen. Now, this is kind of like a funny, but, uh, you know, because the Fresh Prince is coming out this month. Or, well, not the Fresh Prince, Bel Air. And it's the, the drama version and more serious tone Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Let's just say if Kenan and Kale was to come back and they were oh, just God. like, hey, <laughs> we want to go down this route. How would you feel about it shifting from a comedy to a much more serious project? I'd love that. Mm. That would be great. That'd be great. Mm. I mean, we okay. wouldn't have the idea. I think that that would that would certainly that'd be interesting for all of us. Yes, yes. I mean, we're we're older. We're we've had a 
uh, especially the, the young, everyone involved, uh, Till Munchon, uh, Vanessa Bagan, um, Keenan and Kel, uh, Dan Fishman, we're all older at this point and be a different point of view in terms of our lives. And we wouldn't have to have the comedy so much, you know, maybe be serious topics and, and serious discussions. And I think that'd be a great way to go. I'd love to do it. Why don't you guys call them, you know? Yeah, we'll, get, we'll pull it together. Get a petition. Get a petition. <laughs> yeah, we'll all them, get, get, get all the 33-year-old, 35-year-old people in the world mm-hmm. and say, We're gonna make sign this. We want yeah. to see that show. It Man. might work. It was phenomenal. It might. It you might know work. what I'm saying? Hey, I'm going to need a lot of breadsticks from Olive Garden if uh, I'm going to be able to pull <laughs> this one off. <laughs> but, uh, okay. but D, uh, I'll pass the ball to you. All right, Mr. Foray, I know you from uh, a lot of, you know, you are a staple in horror. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if those roles in particular or those projects, did they come natural or was it a, a situation where you you take what comes your way? Oh, it is paycheck, my friends. Paycheck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could have seen that was I started acting in New York. Mm-hmm. Off Broadway, and uh, uh, was lucky enough to get uh, a guest starring role on Kojak, and then I did a major Hollywood production, Universal production called Bingo: Long Traveling All Stars and Border Kings. What legends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With let, oh my God, the stories <laughs> I could tell you about that we could go on. <laughs> Four, two or three hours, <laughs> and we might have to do a lot of editing with that as well. It's just great I'm stories, but uh, for adults only. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I, and then I, I got I studied acting with uh, Michael Schulman at the Performing Gallery. He's a former um, teacher, one of the teachers of Strasbourg and Lee Strasbourg, and he opened his own uh, studio, and I studied with him. And soon after that, I got uh, Dawn of the Dead, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, you know, after Dawn, I went back to doing t- television. So I did every television series you can think of, mm-hmm. and um, then occasionally a horror film would come into play. You know, I think yeah. uh, From Beyond came into play, Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre came into play, um, uh, and several others yep. have come and then down as my career. You know, I. I I think that well, well, Dawn of the Dead, just to just to give you an idea, was so widely distributed by Salah Hassid and uh, the uh, uh, distributor and uh, Richard Rubenstein, the producer, that it played in every uh, drive-in, major theater, and midnight mm. show across the country. I mean, it was everywhere. And I can't, and I don't mean, you know, you guys know 42nd Street. You guys are too young to know 42nd Street as I knew 42nd Street. <laughs> when I was, New York at one time had 42nd Street, uh, where it had these sleazy theaters, but you could go in for $5 or $4 or $3, whatever it costs, stay there for two days. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Sleep in the balcony. All kinds of things went on. You didn't know what was wow. going on in there. And uh, I think Midnight Cowboy has, um, uh, with, uh, John Bolt has that famous scene in one of those theaters where he, he's playing a trick, you know, when you get trying to get a little money. And 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, those were the 46 seat. And then they have uh, porno places that, that have the porn films and that kind That's of right. thing. So it's yeah. kind of a seedy area. Yeah. But, but so when um, when uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, premiered, we didn't we, we weren't limited, even though we did midnight screenings. We played uh, there's a film called Pink Flamingos. Do you guys know that? I do no. not. It sounds familiar. Okay, sound okay, familiar. guys. Well, this this is one of the things that that you want to uh, take a look at. Okay, uh, with a strong um, drink. Probably the strongest <laughs> bourbon you have, or scotch. Looking <laughs> at ginger beer. Gonna have something very strong. I'm telling you right now, guys. <laughs> it's it's um. So well, anyway, it, it was a weird, weird, uh, a very, very successful film. But we played opposite, on, you know, at midnight shows, and that that played, and we and Dawn played, and then we played in some of the finest theaters in in New York City as well. Uh, the um, uh, embassy embassy uh, theaters, which was on 62nd and first and sec, first first Avenue. You guys know New York, but if you don't, your your fans will. So right. right. So yeah, somebody right. that's listening is going to know. Oh yeah, they will. Things, so They're going to get this. Okay, and then you guys oh, yeah. can research it later. Okay. Yes. Sir. But these were these were great. Uh, the Winter Garden Theater on um, Broadway. Uh, they weren't the 42nd Street thing. I'm saying that he got them in every drive-in all over the country. I had, uh, there was a famous choreographer by the name of Bob Fosse. And Bob Fosse did um, Chicago. He did, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was a great Broadway choreographer. And, mm-hmm. he, and he had, a, he had a, a film that, well, he came to New, he came to Indianapolis, I'm sorry, he came to um, Los Angeles, and I was—I just got into Los Angeles after Dawn of the Dead. I followed it out there. It wasn't working, trying to find some way to find some work. Scott Reinecke was working for my partner, and, and Dawn of the Dead was working for a limo company. And uh, he said, "You, you got—I got a guy. That you, you have to be with him all day. Do you want to take this job?" I said, "Sure, absolutely. I'm, you know, all day. Why not?" So I went to the airport to pick this guy up and my black suit and my tie and that kind of thing. And he said, he said, I heard somebody shouting, Ken Forey, Ken Forey. <laughs> oh, I'm the greatest fan. My God, my girlfriend and I saw you in the Westchester Drive-In Theater. Westchester, New York is a, a very, um, uh, very rich and exclusive uh, Suburb, uh, not suburb, but another uh, upstate city in New York. Mm-hmm. And what's just a drive-in? And, and we'd love you. And then, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm picking you up, Bob. He said, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it traveled everywhere. So, right. so uh, with with that being said, also in Europe, Dario Argento mm-hmm. uh Distributed in every country and every city in Europe as well, equally as, as as prolific. So it was it was um, it was seen by everyone. So immediately when I come back and I you know I'm I'm, I'm in Hollywood, I'm doing my my situation in comedies or my um, episodics, and okay, I get these calls. You know, we want we want Ken Foreign. You know, and there was a, a demand for me in horror as well. So, so I followed that uh, that road. As, as you know, I've done. I've been back and forth with with each action adventure, horror, some situation comedy, 
and uh, hopefully it will continue. Is that that's a the, long answer, guys. Oh, that's, 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 that's what we love here. Yeah, we that's love, great hey, answer. The floor is yours, it. and you know we ask the questions, you give us the answers, and we love yeah. hearing it. Trav, you were about to say something? Yeah. Uh, is so? Is that how the relationship with Zombie came to be? Because I know for him, he likes to go and get uh, legends of the past for you know horror icons. So is this something where he called you up and was like, "I got this role for you," or? Bob Zombie was a fan, was a fan, is a fan, was right. a fan, you know. Yep. Uh, I find that there's so many people that I, I had no idea that that role um, would uh, create such a, a buzz and that I have so many devoted fans all over the world. Oh, absolutely. And people who are just, uh, surprising, you know. I mean, they're they're. <laughs> I think Bill Clinton's a fan. Mm-hmm. I think uh, um, some of the some of your major Hollywood uh, um, Clinton, uh, Tarantino's a fan. You know, you can go down the list. You know, of people who are fans of of, of that show and and who considered me their hero as they were young young adults and mm-hmm. and young and and young teenagers and children. And it's passed, and they've passed it on. I mean, families have come in uh, to see me, and where I appear sometimes, and they they'll tell me that my grandfather introduced me to it, and I introduced my son to it just mm-hmm. just the, two years ago, and we're all your parents. And it's like crazy. So so yeah, I you know it, it it kind of opened the door for a lot of horror, you know. So they they would start to call me from you know for different different. Um, um, shows and yeah, I did them. Yeah, happy to for sure. Did that answer your question or did I go off? Because sometimes no, I'll, no, that... I'll, 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 I'll start in one place and I'll end up uh, in t- <laughs> hey, we, we, we like the snowball. We start in Alaska and I'll end up in Timbuktu all the time. Just, <laughs> just grab me and turn me the other way. Okay. <laughs> so, no. uh, quick question. Well, this question sort of a story. Um, last year, I did this thing on social media. Where uh, oh yeah, and you actually uh, commented on it when I had did the uh, uh, top thirty-one. Well, no, it wasn't top. It was like the thirty-one black people who have survived in horror movies, and you were on my list twice. Uh, you know, yes. once as Peter and uh, once as Benny. And yes. I just want to ask you, like, how does it feel to know that you know? Because growing up, the black guy or woman, they always died in the horror movie and you were in two movies where your character survived. Like, how does that feel? That is the strangest thing. I, um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about it in Dawn of the Dead. You know, it was, it was, Uh it was this discussion between George and myself and I, you know, some might, someone else might say that George had originally planned it that way or he discussed it with someone else but i'm just telling you what i what i think I, I don't you know i could be wrong you know it's a long time ago but this is as far as i can i can put it together uh that we wanted a, a, an upending you know it's like i think we said i said this is gonna be if i put this gun to my head and, and kill myself so bad and I said yeah it is kind of sad you know what do you think we have an opening? Yeah, we let's have an opening. Don't blow it. So we kind of planned it that way. I think um, I didn't know, and you know, I, I, so I was happy to survive. You know, it was good to survive because I didn't Always. kill myself. Mm-hmm. Always good to survive. And 
I, um, but I didn't realize how important it was until many years later, because I would see people in airports and or, or as I travel around the country doing whatever I was doing, going to different places or just going to a supermarket, whatever. Oh, you know, you're great. You didn't die. I said, <laughs> yeah, I did die. Okay. <laughs> well, you didn't. That's great, man. It's been. And they were so um, happy and, and enthused that I didn't die. I said, ooh, it really means something to everybody. And then I um, met a guy by the name of David, um, David's David last name, I can't think of his name last name. God, he's going to kill me. Anyway, he had a, um, a magazine that he put out called uh, Badass Mofo. <laughs> around that guys you don't have to cut that baby <laughs> and i got i've got a t-shirt with it i had a hat i wore it to my, to indianapolis and i and i don't know if my brother stole it or somebody stole it from me because <laughs> i can't find that I, i'm gonna kill because that had i love that hat anyway uh, so David came, they had this magazine about the action heroes and the blacks in, in, in film, and he had this whole article about me. And I said, Oh, this is this is really important to a lot of people. And finally, I uh, I began to realize that that you know, I was one of the few, if not the only, uh, black in a horror film that survived. And because mm-hmm. uh, the way I knew Dwayne Jones, we were, we were friends. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see Dwayne's, Dwayne right now. I'm just thinking of his face, man. He had a great smile. And we had mm. some great times together. So I'm smiling, thinking about him. Um, um, so I knew Dwayne. And I, Dwayne, everybody just wanted Dwayne to live and not a living dead. They wanted to live. He fought such a courageous fight. He opened mm-hmm. the door and bang. All right. Yep. Died. So uh, it was important for me uh, to live, for, but not so much for me, but for everyone else, uh, black and white, uh, that I, I lived. A lot of people would whisper, you lived, shh, you lived. Glad you lived. Glad you lived. Why are you? <laughs> we shouldn't be talking about this. I mean, you know, sign of the times, okay? This is, yeah. you know, back in the day, okay? Yeah. And um, um, then I get Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And again, this is so, it, it is so strange that you can, you can have one opinion of what happened, or you get get someone will tell you uh, one, uh, give you an answer to a question, and then you, someone else will have another answer to the question. It's totally different. And I had, um, I was told after I died in Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a chainsaw through my head <laughs> that they tested. They did a few screenings with audiences, and they hated the Valrices hated that I died, and they wanted to live. So they brought me back. New Line brought me back, and said, "You're gonna live." I said, "I'm gonna live." How the hell am I gonna live with a chainsaw to my head? Well, it just be a scar. You're gonna live. So that's how I came back, 
And uh, that's, you know, and that was another indication of, of fans really wanting to see me survive. You know? Right. You know, yeah. it was um, uh, kind of, um, it's, it's an honor. Yeah. I'm humbled by it, that they felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, that I'm car- that I carried that uh, that torch, you know, and that um, I'm proud to 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 have been blessed with this. And at the same time, I'm kind of um, astonished by it. It's, you know, the same breath. You know, it's kind of like wow. They really thought that much. They wanted me to stay, especially in Texas Chainsaw. I mean, they were tested and then. People would say, oh, God, no, no, don't kill him. No, no, no. And they, right. they, they must have been a great uproar because they don't spend that money to reshoot. Right. That's, there's really a lot of, you know, a, you know, a great reason for it. And then apparently they felt that I had to live. So they brought me back with a little scar on my head and. Put me back in the truck. Hey, here I am. It's Benny. <laughs> I'm alive. Pick me up. Let's go. People just want to. Hey, they didn't want you to go. They didn't want you to go. They want me to go. They didn't want me to go. And you know, and and you know, I put my my pants on one leg at a time, like any other person. But I, I I'm just I'm just thrilled that it was it was. Uh, no, I am humbled by it. I'm humbled by it. I, you know, it's not, it's not, it's almost like it's not me. It's, it's a figure, not me. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting hearing that story because, see, I, I never even knew that. And it kind of goes back to, because uh, I don't know if, you know, you're a huge comic reader or anything, but uh, when they had the story where they had killed Jason Todd off in the comics because fans didn't like him. And a bunch of people, they just mailed into DC and was just like, yeah, we want y'all to kill this character. And they killed him off. And then for you, it was the opposite. Your character died. And there was a huge uproar saying, no, like you can't kill Benny. Benny needs to live. Benny needs mm-hmm. to make it to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it just this goes. This cost a lot of money to bring me back. Yeah. They had to set a crew. They had to get lighting. They had to get cameraman. They had to get a crew out there. We had to get actors. We had to shoot a scene, and for <laughs> you're looking at oh god, thirty, forty thousand dollars, maybe. Well, you know, well. maybe maybe fifty thousand dollars just for that day, and not 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 including the editing cost to to re-edit me into the film and right. whatever else they had to do, yeah. sound, um, all the things. It costs money. It was, it was yeah, expensive. Well, well Mr. Flore. I just want to say uh, that's what you call a costly mistake. Had they done it right the first time, uh-huh. <laughs> they left you alone. So true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I should have just defeated the guy and went on. You know? That's right. <laughs> that's and that's what people wanted to see because I remember it's like you was kicking Leatherface's ass. I was just like, come on, man! Like <laughs> it was dust. I took the. I had to take the fall. Uh, All right, they right. paid me to take the dive. No, okay. no. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's how it be sometimes. You know, sometimes hey, you it was, it was. <laughs> I'm the same thing, same thing in Halloween. I was paid to take the I dive. I was gonna say that yep. too. Yeah, you've gone up against Leatherface and Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah. And he was face to face with Michael Myers. Oh yeah. Not too many people stand face to face with Michael. Uh-huh. Look him right in the yeah, eyes. That line. 
I'm Joe Grizzly B. Oh, you can say, uh, we want oh, that. Can you, can you, yeah, can you give us one? one? I can say That's that one. one. Okay. Please. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that, that line is as iconic, almost, yes, as, almost yes, as iconic. Not quite, but almost as iconic as when there's no more. Ruben, the uh-huh. woman that was there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many people that love that line. I, they had T-shirts. I went to the UK and was, I was really brought over just because of that line. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm talking about? It just... Yeah, and that was and that was ad lib. Oh, okay. That was an ad lib. Yeah, no wonder it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I, I just you know I just you know at, at a certain point I really took the role because I it was a small role and I said mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know about this and I said, then I said well, no he says um, he says this, uh, what we have here is a that's, failure. That's to my communicate. favorite line in that scene is the what we have here is the failure yeah. to communicate. I love that that's line. Brothers mm-hmm. Martin's role, right? Yeah, yeah. And Luke, yeah. He's the only other person that said that. And I love that line. So I said, I'm going to, uh, besides outside of Struthers Martin, I'll be the only person to say that line. I'm going to say that line. And I, he, and he, and I, he'll, I'll be his haberdasher. He'll get all of his uh, costuming from me from now on and every Halloween that he does. I said, okay, this is not bad. I'll do this. And, um, <laughs> oh, God, there's so many stories, man. I, 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 I could, you know, we got five hours. I could fill you with just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> hey, like, hey, look, uh, I don't know if you know who uh, Bo Billingsley is, but we had him up here for our two-year anniversary. And, hey, we just we just gave him the mic. And like, he was just telling us so many stories and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hey, we just want to listen. Everybody that's listening to the podcast, they just yeah. want to listen because, you know, I, I've been told this before where it's just like, you know, we all have really interesting lives. And, yes. you know, once we reach the end of our journey, it's just like, you know, somebody has to have these stories to tell. You have to preserve these stories so that way people can hear them. So like, that's why it's just like when we bring people up here or just talking to people every day, like learning, you know, like I talk to my grandma and just learning stuff about when she was a kid and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it's like somebody has to keep these stories going and then you pass it on to the next generation and whatnot. So oh, God. these are just the interesting stories about, you know, I, I can go on about films and then I can go about personal life as well. But, the, but, but basically, basically these, these, these back the behind the scenes stories, the things you don't really hear. Some of them you will, because I've told them before. So some of them aren't new. But uh, this one, <laughs> I, how about this? I knew I was going to fight Tyler Maine. Mm-hmm. And I was getting in shape. I, you know, I was in shape, but I wanted to be sharp. Okay. And somehow I tweaked my knee. It was pretty, uh, pretty painful. I had trouble walking, swelling. And I went to the emergency room in Woodland Hills. And they said, uh, well, you're going to have to rest, Mr. Forey. You know, a couple weeks rest and you'll be okay. The swelling will go down and we'll see you then. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. In about a week and a half, I'm fighting this seven-foot guy, mm-hmm. and I need my knee to be fixed. You have to fix it. You have to do something now. 
And no, we can't do anything now, Mr. Ford. You're going to have to rest, really. No, 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 you don't understand. I said I'm going to fight a seven-foot guy in the bathroom in about a week. <laughs> I need a week and a half. I need you to fix No, Mr. They, they called security, and they put me out of the hospital. They threw me out. I said, okay. I went up to Northern Cal for a uh, uh, convention, and one of the vendors and I were, were, were you know, associates and friendly, Decided, he said, let's give a party. You got a great sweet Ken, let's give a party. I said, okay, let's give a party. Why not? I said, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be in the bedroom with my leg up, but <laughs> give a party if you want to. Use my sweet. So he tells everybody, we tell everybody, he, all of a sudden he bows out. Now I got all of these people coming to my sweet party. <laughs> I asked a friend of mine who was, who was working for Lionsgate at the time, I won't mention her name, personal name. But um, I had a friend, and I said, where do I get, is a, a liquor store I get this cheap liquor? Because there's going to be a lot of people here. <laughs> you know, when I get, to, you know, I need, I need placements. I need, I need stuff cheap where I can get uh, bologna sandwiches or whatever, something, <laughs> something to feed these guys. I, this is going to be a lot of people. About 60 people showed up, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. And she, she told me before, she said, room service. I said, room service? So we ordered uh, liquor and hors d'oeuvres for those people all night, the entire night. And they partied their hearts out. I laid in bed with my leg up. Occasionally people would come in and say, hello, how are you? How you doing? And we talk a little bit. And then they go back in. Only time I could get up was to limp to the door to sign the uh, check, uh, the bill for the next delivery of food and booze into the place for these nice people to drink and party with. Eventually, it was a roof outside my window. You know, somebody you could step out of the to onto a roof structure. It was snowing a bit. And uh, people had gotten fairly drunk and they were out there doing snow angels and <laughs> snowballs. Then I get a loud banging on the door. I'm, I didn't hear, wow. I could hear, hear it slightly because the music's loud as well. And the security, we're going to, Ken, you got to come to the door. So I came to the door, limping. Yes, sir, what can I do for you? I haven't had a drink. I've had uh, a ginger ale, water. Nothing, nothing to eat out. The good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no food. Everybody else is eating there, eating like they're at a, a feast. But I'm not. <laughs> so he, they said, uh, "We could get throwing snowballs at our security guys outside. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna arrest you, and we're gonna arrest you. We're gonna arrest everybody in this place if another another snowball comes down off that roof." I said, hey, guys, stop the snowball. Stop doing that. Don't do that. We're all going to go to jail. Do you understand? I don't want to go to jail. Party, but to lock the damn windows and don't go on the roof. Okay. That party ends. I get to Rob's set more days later. Rob wants me to come in the door, the bathroom, go up to the, the window, the mirror, and do a spin around in the mirror and go, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then go into the, into the, into the toilet. 
And I told him, I can't do that. <laughs> he said, and without a blink or very little hesitation, he said, you hurt your knee, didn't you? I said, yes. I said, oh boy, okay. So instead of Joe Grizzly making that turn and, and doing that little, oh, hey, hey, looking good there, Joe. Uh, I just had to move over to that. that and we, we knocked down two stalls, by the way, as a, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, uh, so I gave the line and I stood up. And when I stood up, I, I knew in a rehearsal that it wasn't going the way. I felt it wasn't going the way I wanted to go. So I kind of pushed things a little bit. And uh, not not in terms of you know overacting, but I I pushed uh, buttons so so that I could get a little fire in that that bathroom, uh-huh. and we went at it. We went at it pretty good, and and so me getting up saying I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch, was was I was ready to rumble, and so was he. <laughs> so we, Phenomenal so scene. Yeah, yes. phenomenal. Yeah. So but Rob Rob showed it showed it to everybody. According to what I heard, Rob everybody that came on the set, Rob showed it to them. Said, Come over here, watch this. And he put on the view, view finally put on that scene. And he watched let him watch it. He was very I, I don't know if it set a tone for the film or he was very proud of the scene. I don't know, but he, he just from what I understand, anyone who came on the set. Uh, whether it's an actor who was just coming in to play or or the producers or any visitors, he showed them that scene. So, yeah, I think he I think he liked it as well. Yeah, it's one of the best scenes in the movie. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, we tore down two those 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 stand, those stalls were bolted into the yeah. uh, floor. Oh, we yeah. tore down both of them. Yeah, we tore down one <laughs> set, and then they put in another set. We tore those down. That was it. Broke the toilet. I was real toilet. Broke that. All of it. <laughs> Smashed everything. I love that. Oh yeah. I want to say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was one of those people. I was disappointed that uh, Michael Myers killed you. You know, I know everybody <laughs> was. And oh yeah, I feel like uh, if that <laughs> scene was shown to the test audience, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I wasn't very happy either. <laughs> <laughs> Took it back to script. Right, frankly, I keep telling people I took the dive, and I, I, I've had to, you know, they, they, I'm like the fighter who needs the money. They said, "Here, take this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you, you go down do. and eat. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. okay. ba- battling, uh, battling Jack uh, Murdoch. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, so, sir. Crab uh, D, did y'all have another question before I ask one? Uh, you can go. I'll piggyback. Okay, I would. I was gonna say. Um, Another scene I want, I definitely want to just talk about real quick, because because I, I really love the Devil's Rejects movie. I love House of a Thousand mm-hmm. Corpses too, but I really love Devil's Rejects, and that's another one of my favorite scenes. Is you and Spalding, and you take the gun and shoot him in the face with the water, <laughs> and everybody just starts laughing because it's so tense. And then you shoot him in the face with the water, and now everybody's cracking jokes. And I'm like, everybody, all these guys are nuts. They're all crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was. Um... You know, my brother was coming in with a, with some problems. I knew that. I didn't want him there. I knew that the cops were after him. But while I was there, why not play with him a little bit? Right. And uh, and he is my brother, so I was going to certainly protect him. 
And I decided to protect until uh, the sheriff kind of gave me a little um, warning to think what they're going to do to me. And I said, well, it's either my business or my brother. The business is business, maybe. So goodbye. All right, <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, it was great. Great scene. Great working with Sid. I miss Sid. I like mm-hmm. to see him. I wish I wish he was around so I could talk to him. We talked quite quite a bit. Absolutely. And uh, uh, good scene. Good scene. Good. Good. The dialogue. Great. Great dialogue in that that um, that uh, film. Rob was Rob. Rob really mastered the dialogue in that film and also the the story. Great story. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of his best. Absolute best. I think I can be a little prejudiced about that, but you know. No, I I think it's his best work is uh, Devil's yeah. Rejects. Yeah, yeah, and everybody in it too. I mean, mm-hmm. God, Danny Trejo, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh God, God, God! If I don't get this woman's name right, mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to think that one of my ladies, and and I don't know why I go blank on her name. She's such a wonderful actress and a great talent. She is so. Um, and she was on The Voice, as a matter of fact. I saw her on The Voice, and she sang, and she had a wonderful voice and was in contention. She also does the Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and she also is oh, in wow. Rud Rex. She also does one of the voices on Rud Rex. I think. Yeah, it's, 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 it's E.G. Daly. Because, yeah, she's e. on Rud Daly, Rex. yes. Yeah. Why do I go blank on her name? Oh, she's, she is absolutely wonderful. I think she's um, a... A talented and creative woman, and also, um, you know, someone fun to be with, someone you wouldn't mind um, uh, taking out and, and, and showing a good time and taking the dinner and having a wonderful conversation with. She's just this, that kind of person, you know, real down to earth, real, 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 a real person. I like that. E.G. Daily, E.G. Daily, E.G. Daily. I'll never forget. I won't forget that again. And that's what we're here for. That's what <laughs> yeah. I do. That's what we're here for. That's right. Thanks, um, guys. Thanks, guys. You, oh, yeah. You saved me. You saved me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was it. That was, you know, they had uh, uh, William Foresight in that oh, yeah. film. Uh, uh, who was uh, Leslie Easterbrook, who I thought should have gotten got an award for her performance. Uh, as mom, mother five firefly. Yep. Um, who else did they have? Uh, Temple was in that movie. Lou Temple's in the movie. Uh, we interviewed him too. Really nice. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I see Lou a lot. I see Lou a lot. Uh, Lou Temple's in the movie. We had um, there was so many, so many. Oh, he had a lot of cameos too. Kane Hodder cameoed in there. Kane Hodder um, cameoed. Um, uh, Priscilla. I was gonna say also the guys from the Hills Have Eyes. I just can't think of his name in real Michael life. Michael Berryman. There you go. Was my, yep, was, my, was my was my uh-huh. uh, employee and uh-huh. my mate. Yes. Uh, uh, from Three's Company. Priscilla. Priscilla Barnes, isn't it? I tell you what. I know, I know that is show. a show that I've just never seen. A, yeah, I'm hey, surprised. Man, I can sing it a song Priscilla, right now. Priscilla Barnes. Look at the, the Three's Company. I know I'm saying her name right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I owe her a uh thank you. I am I'm forever grateful for her introducing me to someone who was uh, 
was a great influence on my career. So Priscilla Barnes, of course. Yeah, that's right. Am I right? She mm-hmm. took over yeah. from Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Lovely lady. I can't believe that you haven't done more voiceover stuff because you have such a powerful voice. It really reminds mm-hmm. me of like a James Earl Jones where it's just like, it's so powerful. Like when you speak, you listen. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, shit. It resides well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm thinking of, um, I, I did do, I did I did one recently for a friend. You know Tiffany Shepes? No, she's it's not ringing a bell. Scream queen. She's done a lot of work as well. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorite people in the world as well. Uh, E.G. Daly is one, and Tiffany mm-hmm. Shepes is, 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 is the top of that list as well. And uh, Tiffany Shepes, um, she she had a little short that she was doing with her family about the pandemic and called Day 14. And I think I had it on, I, I, I put it on my um, Instagram account. So if you want to just go to Instagram, Ken48, you might be able to see it. Day called Day 14. And I do, I play an anchor. You, I, I don't, just my voice. So, you know, you can, you can hear a little voice over there. So, so I'm going, and I'm thinking about doing a lot more of it. So yeah, I think I should put this voice to work. I, yeah, I yeah. feel like it would be an easy transition for you because, you know, you are an actor and, you know, get it into voice acting. It's kind of yeah. like they go hand in hand. Like I just started taking voice acting classes myself and um, I feel like it's uh, it's hard um i'm trying to get better uh my teacher he has told me that i have gotten better since uh you know i first started but it's definitely something that i would love to do because everybody always tells me like hey you have a voice for voice acting you have a voice for radio and stuff that's why i started doing the podcast and whatnot um i wanted to ask you this next because uh, i had just recently watched uh horror noir a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and to see the stories that everybody was telling up there and, um, you know, just seeing how black characters and the movies back in the day and to see where they are now, like, how is that for somebody like you, you know, you were in Dawn of the Dead and then just seeing the transition of like, you know, black empowerment and, you know, black survivors and just really good black strong characters in these movies that have happened over the years. I, you know, I, I, I want to answer. I, I want to answer that, and I want to say something about that. But you, you, I, I wanted to say something about your voice career. First, read out loud as much as possible. And there was a guy by the name of Adolf Caesar. Uh, he was in a soldier story or something like that that played off Broadway in New York. I think he went to Broadway. He had, he had, he had a voice. Uh, that everyone tried to emanate, copy, they wanted to, because Adolf owned the voiceover market right. for everything, everything. He's a black man, but he, he, he did all the voices for everything. And uh, look him up, Adolf Caesar. Take a look at him, follow his career. That important right now. That important for you, yeah, if you're starting, yeah. And I, from what I understand... Thank you, sir. I knew a guy that 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 was his um, uh, roommate for for a long while, and I asked him what was his secret. What did he do? He said he read poetry all the time. He read poetry all the time. Hmm. That's good so, advice. Thank you. Yeah, that's great advice. It's something yeah. that 
I never really thought much about the reading out loud part. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's out of the box. Yeah, I mean, yes, I was going to say, especially since there's so much uh, voiceover work now with um, audio books and mm-hmm. yep, all that stuff. Yep, absolutely, sure you know, absolutely. Just read, read whenever, well, whenever you're going to have read to get anything. banks to read to begin with for him to read out loud. Yeah, you know what I mean, so we, we working go. on. Got to get on. So, so, we got to get on. From this point on, whatever you pick up to read, you have to read out loud. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. we gonna that's, make sure he does. Yeah, I'll do that. I yeah, I mean because I like in the class of them, and I mean like our teacher, he gives us really good advice. But like that's something that I've never heard. Like just read out loud, read poetry, stuff like that. I mean, as I, I wonder like how many other people may be doing that. You know what I'm saying? So like that's really good advice. So I appreciate that. And I um I want to piggyback off of what Mr. Flore is saying. It also. Um, read different genres of things. Put yourself in different situations when you're doing it too. That way, you just kind of get comfortable and everything. Absolutely, absolutely. You can't be the hero all the time, you know. Yeah. You know no, 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 no. Mm. yeah, I mean, it, even technical books right. are yep, difficult to right. read out loud. But once you do, you'll find that you'll you'll be able to come back to something like a Grisham or a uh, Connolly book or. You know, something like that, you know, and it'd be easy reading because you've struggled with that's technical terms. I try to uh, read, um, uh, I think, um, a few books on taxes and, right. and tax preparation. I was going to say, <laughs> and it, was, it was a struggle, you know. Have that car manual. Give it a yeah, right. Car car manual. Manual. <laughs> Gets another. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, okay, make sense mm-hmm. out of this and make that flow. You know? All right. Yep, so, um, sure. to answer your question, um, I, Ganja and Hess was on Showtime the other night. Ganja and Hess is a film that Dwayne Jones did mm-hmm. some years after the, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Ganja and Hess got a lot of play in terms of, um, as I said, I, I, no, I didn't tell you guys. I managed, when I was in New York, I managed um, uh, theaters uh, for a while, for the Walter Reed Organization. I managed the Baronet Cornet Theater, the uh, Fine Arts Theater, the uh, Festival Theater, System Manager. I didn't manage, I was a system manager. Let me just take that back. So, and the uh, DeMille Theater. And we just to give you an idea of, of the kind of stuff that the, the, the Baronet Cornet was across the street from Bloomingdale's. So it's Midtown. Right. We opened um, The Exorcist, The Graduate. Those, you know, you know, The Exorcist, of course, you know. Oh, of course. I know, I know The Graduate. You, is the... you know, The Graduate. Yeah. So we opened those kind of films. At um, the Fine Arts, we opened. Um, uh, the producers. I saw, I guess I guess I, guess, I saw Mel Brooks every day uh, at about, oh, I guess about two o'clock in the afternoon, one o'clock in the afternoon. He would come by and I'd be outside standing because the show would be playing. I'd seen it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And I'd be standing there because I knew Mel was coming, by the way, because he came every day. And he'd come around and he'd say, how we doing? How we doing? I said, great, Mel, great, great. We're sold out. Great, great, great. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Great. That went on every day. 
<laughs> so it, it was a great time. I, I think I opened Deer Hunter at the festival and The Good and the Bad and the Ugly at the DeMille. Nice. Just to give you an idea of the kind uh-huh. of stuff that we were doing. Uh-huh. We're talking about Oscar that, movies here. Yeah, yeah we were, sure. we, you know, I, I, um, um, so at the Baronet Cornet across the street from Bloomingdale's, there was the Baronet and the Cornet, twin theaters next to each other. And the Cornet was Ganja and Hess with Dwayne Jones. Mm-hmm. This played for a long time. This is, you know, it's a, it's an artsy movie, but you know, it, it you didn't expect it to play for more than a week right. in one of those theaters. You know, this played for a month down there. You know, it felt like it, and I was surprised. So there have been, you know, I've watched us graduate from Stephen Fletcher to Willie Best to Mantan Moreland. Uh, to Rochester, those characters, and um, all the way up to people like Dwayne Jones, Sidney Porte, um, Harry Belafonte, of course, uh, Canada Lee, those people. Um, I can go on and on and on, you know. Um, my God, someone that someone that really got oh, oh, what's his name, Junior? God, I can't think of this gentleman's name, and I wish I lived. Al Freeman Junior. Al Freeman Junior. did a a film on a subway. I can't remember the name of the film. I think I've got it here. Just I'm just not not. But what what a performance! What a perform! What a great film! Talking about a very surreal uh, thriller, you know, Al Freeman Jr. was just wonderful. But there's been a progression, right? A progression of of, of actors and and uh, I guess it was taking tiny steps and finally taking larger steps, you know, to uh, get, be, do roles that were. That we want that that we wanted to do originally that, that weren't available to us, and finally to do something that that um, we could um, really be proud of, and we've, we've made those steps, and we've made those steps because of people like Paul Ropes and Canada Lee, and, mm-hmm. and 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 in many in many cases, Stephen Fletcher and Willie Best and Montana Morland and all those guys mm-hmm. because. Oh, God, what was her name uh, from uh, Gone with the Wind? Hattie McDaniel mm-hmm. said that, um, you know, people talked about her being a maid all the time. She said, I'd rather play a maid than be a maid. <laughs> and so um, uh, we, we've, we've traveled and we've climbed over the backs of these people. Sidney Poitier, certainly. Certainly had to. He, he, Paul Robeson set 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 the table for him. Canada Lee set the table for him. Uh, a few other can't think of the guy. My God, good, um, good, good, good day in the morning. I can't think of the guy. Jesus Christ! But there have been so many actors that have. Um, God, you're making me think of you as I'm talking. I'm thinking of so many people. Right. So many faces come to mind. Oh, God. And there's one gentleman 
who James Edwards, James Edwards as well, never got the credit he should he should be right. uh, given. He, he never got the roles that he deserved. So many actors, so many actors. This is the actor that was in Hogan's Heroes. You ever seen any you guys? You know, you guys, any guys ever seen it? No, Bring I it up. It, I'm Bring sorry. it up, it guys. Go, good. Look it up while we're talking. I, I am. Well, l- let me ask you this. As a fan of film, what are you looking at now? Like, you're talking about the progression. But here we are in 2022. Who are you looking at as these up-and-comers who are you think can be a game-changer? It's a wide, it's wide open. The field is wide open. It is a plethora of people that can do that, that can make yeah. changes that are game changers. There are many of them. I, yeah. the, the, the list is so long, I can't begin to tell you. They're coming from everywhere, and I'm so happy to see them here. And, and, and they're, they're just, you know, there they're many, there are more 20, 20 year old uh, superstars out here right. than oh, they yeah. are than uh, they are old old troopers like me, you know. So, <laughs> so there's there, there's a lot of um, great talent out there, you know. I mean, I mean, you just look at the films, yeah. you know, Mudbound. Look at uh, look at uh, Jesus and the Black Messiah. Look mm-hmm. at um, um, uh, look at uh, huh. The harder they fall, the the, the harder they fall. Uh, uh, I was thinking of the uh, the action adventure, the supernatural thing. What is it? Black Panther. Oh, oh yeah. you know, just I go through a list of. I thought you were going to say love. I thought you were going to say Lovecraft country. Yeah, Lovecraft, Lovecraft too. Lovecraft yeah. too. Yes, Lovecraft as well. Look at all. Now, I've mentioned a few. You've mentioned a few. Now, take those actors and stand them up and line them up against each other. And you tell me. You tell me. Who you think is going yeah, to yeah. make a change a in the history of, people, yeah. of black film, black filmmakers, black film and actress in, 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 in today's market and tomorrow's market? All of those people, all of the above mm. and more. So yeah. there, there's there's a, there's a lot of there are a lot of people out there. And, and, and thank God. Thank God they're out there. Yeah. Change and, is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Some some I don't know. Some I haven't seen. So I, I I I was reading a, a book the other last was last night last night night before night before. But were you reading it out loud? That's the question. Uh, yeah, I was reading it out loud. <laughs> hey, oh, nice! Hey. I love Absolutely. <laughs> and um, uh, it, this young actress, and I, I have to go back and get the book and read it. Sandy something, but I'd never heard of her. She was um, a, a part. African American, uh, Korean, and I never heard of her. And she did a slew of work and was very, very good. I, I recognized the projects. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed, but I'd never heard of her, you know. And you know, so they're out there. There are many of them out there. Yeah. You took me away from something else. I'm saying, forget that. Anyway, we'll go ahead. Ask me another question. Uh, I just want was it. Uh, was the actor's name that you were uh, that was on Hogan's Heroes? Was it uh, Ivan Dixon? Ivan Dixon. Before Hogan's Heroes, he was a director, producer, mm-hmm. and an actor who was a a, a very mm. very good actor. You know, so there are so many that were working actors who were in the business who didn't get the stature of a Sydney or Denzel. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't reach those heights. 
but they were there and they gave great performances and they were uh, respected. You know, there, there, there's still, there, there's still some people that, that I could mention. There's a woman by the name of Mary Alice that was in New York. Her name was Mary Alice and she was uh, the epitome of, of, of professionalism and, and, and talent. And, uh, uh, in in uh, on stage and screen, be uh, oh god, be guess who's coming to dinner? He played. She played oh, okay. uh, 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 Sydney's mother, and and the guy who played her father. All right, that's such a good movie, though. Yeah, but those but, but those people who played the mother and father mm-hmm. also, you know, uh, paved the way. Right. For all of these people today, That's I was going right. to say here recently it seems like Regina King is just finally getting her flowers. That Regina Regina King started with two two seven, as I believe oh. she mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's um, she's doing extremely well. I loved uh, uh, was three in Miami or something like that. Oh, you know? uh, one one nine in not one, one, nine, one, in nine, Miami. Miami. one nine one yeah. nine Miami one nine one nine Miami. Loved it, loved uh-huh. it. And uh, she's a very talented woman, mm-hmm. and she's, she's she works. She's good. She's um, she's been in the business since she was a teenager, or mm-hmm. you know before. And so, yeah, yeah. But again, we don't, you know, it, without those others, without the others, uh, it would have been a much harder road to hoe. And this didn't happen. Uh, this didn't happen 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there wasn't this plethora of, 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 of black talent out there that, that was seen. Yeah. They weren't getting the chance. They weren't there. I remember some casting people said, there's not a lot of black talent out here. And that was 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Telling me, Ken, there's not a lot of black talent out here. You know, so. You know, in a, in a, in within a span of, I guess, I guess, 20, 25 years, yep. there has been... Really started blowing up. Yeah, yeah, really blowing it up. Yeah. It's one thing to say that, you know, it isn't out there, but it's what you're looking for, you know? Yep. That's, what I That's always the case. Are you, what are you looking for, you know? And um, it's just, it always takes pioneers like yourself you know, and, and others that didn't get the credit, you know, some that you mentioned and, you know, here's, you know, you reap your reward, you know, and it's, it's good too, for you and all the others that chipped in too, Mr. Flore to get to see it, you know, come to flourishing and, uh, you know, seeing people start, start to get out there and get the exposure they deserve. They, they didn't have, um, there, there's, um, there's several, and this is a question that 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 I'm I've read in mm-hmm. a few articles, and people saying, "Well, is, is there still? What about is it? Is, is the market open, or is Hollywood open? Is the racism any less in Hollywood than it was before? Is it beginning to open up in all the areas in directing, producing, mm-hmm. managing, acting, that kind of thing?" And most say. Um, Somewhat, and then they say, "But we'll wait to see." They, hmm. There are a lot of efforts to um, in, in, uh, be inclusive, you understand, know, in, in their in their product and that kind of thing. 
uh, with mm-hmm. the, um, the Directors Guild, I think, has a program. Uh, uh, Producers Guild, I'm not sure which one. I have to go back and research that. Uh, there's there's a there's there's several groups that are formed that have programs that that are trying to to. Uh, I think they say they have they've been they eat they meet what was it they meet every year with a television with the television networks and the television network are you going to be more inclusive with getting more minorities and mm-hmm. women and. And that kind of thing to work and and then as directors, producers, and and uh, more more diverse uh, scripts and that kind of thing. And every year they tell them, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely." And it didn't really change that much hmm. until recently. I think something happened the last year. I'm not quite sure what it was. The last couple of years, where something explosive happened, and all of a sudden everybody's jumping to do it. So maybe that's same a sign that, that, that it is going to, maybe it's a sign that, that, that people are going to finally be able to say, yes, it has opened up and uh, we are making tremendous strides and there is a, uh, um, there's something to hope for in those areas. And when we see it, we see that there's this progress being made, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because so, everything I read from actors, black actors, or black casting directors or black producers is, yeah, but. Right. Mm. You understand? So I'm hoping that we can get rid of the but at some point. Yeah. Say yes. Damn right. Damn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just saying that because every time I say I say a hey, trial, let's do this. The trial, like yeah, but but <laughs> no, nah, it's it I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I never say the word but. Good, I say, but I say it. I got I got a lot of things happening in my life where I'm saying yeah, but yeah. Well, you guys want to hear an interesting story? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You guys want to hear an interesting story? You got, got, got we got time for that? Oh, yeah, go ahead. We got sir. time. Okay, okay. Well, okay. yeah, but you know. Well <laughs> 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 done, sir. But make it short, yeah. Make it short. <laughs> okay, let me just give you some. We um uh, in 1975, I get a call. And I'm, you know, I'm acting on Off-Broadway and doing some things. And I think I'd, I must have, I think I did bring along in a Kojak at that point, something like right. that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not quite sure, but somewhere around there. I get a call and they say, Kim, they want to see you at United Off- 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 Artist Building. That's an artist building? Where's that? On Broadway, 50, 58, 6th Street, 54th Street. Who? Just go. So I go. And I meet this, these two People. They're one's named Anna Navarro, lovely lady, and a man, man by the name of Christopher Mankiewicz. And they sit me down, they talk to me, well, we're going to do a movie, and we, we were looking for talent, and do you have a reel? And I said, no, I don't have a reel. You know, and, well, do you, we'd like to see some of your work. We, we kind of can, you're looking like, you look like some, the person we, you look like somebody we would like to, to consider. We'd really like to see your work, though. I said, well, listen, why don't you come down to my acting class today, tonight, on on 15th Street, right off of uh, 8th Avenue, and you watch me do a scene from The Great White Hope. 
No, no, we're too busy. No, no, we can't do that. No, so many, so many. no, no. If you want to see my work, please come down and see this. I mean, it only takes you a short period of time. You can leave right after that. Eventually, I talked them into it. They come down. I do my scene. They call me out to the lobby. They say, meet me in the lobby. I meet them in the lobby. They say, meet us at the office at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I, I was there at 8. They didn't show up to 10. So, <laughs> so, so, um, so I'm sitting there. And they say, what we're doing, we're going we're gonna, to, we're, we're, we're going to produce a film. Uh, it's called Christmas Addicts. And it's about the first man killed in the American Revolutionary War. He's the first man, the patriot for the Revolutionary War. We're going to shoot it in Jamaica. We're going to shoot it in uh, England and Boston. Okay? Your co-stars will be Trevor Howard, Sir Trevor Howard, Sir John Gilgood. Uh, it's going to be for the Bicentennial. So it's 1976. And we're going to, you're going to travel all over the world, publicizing it, advertising it, you know, being on a publicity campaign. And it's going to make you a major star. <laughs> and I said, ah, okay. <laughs> they, said, they said, we're looking at Dick Anthony Williams. I don't know if you know who Dick Anthony Williams is. Do you know the jerk with Steve Martin? Uh-huh. Film? Absolutely. You remember the mm-hmm. black family he lived with? Oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The tall guy, the light-skinned brother of his, the, the guy that plays the tall, light-skinned brother, right? Yeah, that movie That's Dick, An- Dick Anthony Williams, okay? Okay. <laughs> Dick Anthony Williams, they're looking for mulattoes. So I'm still there. I guess I'm a mulatto. So... Uh, so he said, but we really think it's you. We really think you're the one we want. And so you have to do a screen test and that kind of thing. But uh, we, we're, we're pretty sure you're, you're, the, you're our guy. And uh, so while I'm sitting there, people are coming in from Jamaica, set designers, location people. And they're talking, Jamaica, you know, the Jamaican accents and going out and going back in and people believing. I said, this is really real. Okay. So, go home. I, mean, I, I don't feel the, the ground under my feet all the way home. I'm, I'm just floating. I'm saying, my God, this is really going to be it for me. Mm-hmm. Three, two weeks passed. Third week, I say, hey, wait a minute. I haven't heard from these guys. I went over to go back over to United Artists. I go upstairs. And that's really the offices of a production of a uh, producer by the name of Irving Kratzner or something. I can't, I can't, there's another name and I wish I, I've got to nail that down too because I'll tell this story. I've got to get this name, this guy's name because he was a, a very um, uh, impressive producer of film as well back in those days. And they were his offices. And um, uh, so they told me, no, they, they're back in California. And I said, well, would you tell them that I came by and that I was, you know, just were asking them, they were interested in knowing what was going on, if they would call me. I said, sure. So I get a call two days later. That year, the tax laws in, involving uh, large investments, especially in the film industry, had completely been changed. Mm. And uh, every half of the films that were slated to, as, they had the green light to go in, in Hollywood, fell. And Christmas Addicts was one of them. Mm. 
can check the tax laws in 1975, 76, and you'll see exactly that I'm telling the truth. So that was my effort. So i tell you this to tell you this story. My family and where I'm from, Indianapolis, Indiana, has a high school by the name of Christmas Addicts High School. In 1922, the Klan and the city city hall, the the, the school board, which were Klan members as well, Mm -hmm. or influenced by the Klan, or run by the Klan, uh, decided that they had to get the black students out of the white schools and put them into Christmas addicts because there were too many black students. They were scared of miscegenation. They were scared of uh, of them getting into the glee club or wanted to go to school newspaper or wanted to socialize. And it was just too many of them. So they had to get them into a black school to contain them. Mm-hmm. So they built this high school, called Christmas addicts high, that opened in 1927. But the decision was made in 1922. 1927, it was completed. The school was up. Uh, all of the blacks in that city, it's a large industrial city, all of those blacks went to that school. From So you had graduation, graduating classes from the 1927, so that's 27, 28, 29, 30, 1930, 31, 32, I mean, uh, 19, the next four years, next four years, and all those kids went to school together. So if you had a brother and sister, uh, you have five or six in your family or 10 or 12 in your family. They all went to school with somebody in some of those graduating classes. They married people in those graduating classes. Right. They married people and they interacted with people. And so they basically they knew your mother. If, you, if you're a kid of one of those of two of those people, they they would spot you. In, 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 a, in a parking lot and say, oh, you belong to Jane and uh, Jane Willis and and Joe Blow because right. I know them. <laughs> they were together mm-hmm. and you look just like them. Because <laughs> my family, my brother went with his sister and then my cousin was with her aunt and we all went to attics together. So all of these like people were in this huge melting pot, you know, for, for black people. Mm-hmm. My mother... And her five children, her, her siblings, uh, five of them, they went to addicts. My father, eight of them, they went to addicts. Um, uh, and that was the way the entire city was. Right. You know, they all of them. So I get, I'm now writing as well as doing other things. And someone saw me write something, an action adventure thing. And I wasn't writing. I was just giving notes to a writer that was across, was in Jersey at the time. And they said, hey, why are you writing with this guy? You're, you're a good writer. I said, well, I didn't pay any attention. I said, yeah, okay, I'm just giving notes. And I don't want to write. <laughs> and I'm an actor. I don't need to write, guys. I'm good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, you know, and, and don't both smoke up my behind. We can say that here, right? Hey, like, we don't oh, smoke yeah. up my bag. Okay. And so they said, no. They said, no. Huh? No, really. And so they kept hang- they kept nagging me about it. And these people were executives at one of the major networks. Right. And so eventually I said, okay, I'll write something. All right. So I said, I'll write something about my family and I'll send it to them for Christmas. 
And so as a Christmas gift with the gifts, I write them a little something, a little five page or 10 page or 20 page thing. And say, we're using their names because they all had strange names. Nanny Bell, Newton, Canotus, which is my name, <laughs> my real name. Uh, just an unusual name, Myrtle. You know, they had these, they had these kind of, you know, I, you know, you don't find anybody named Nanny Bell any, anymore. Right, right. Nanny you know? Bell. And this is, this is Nanny Bell in the, in the, 50s, 60s, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. still person, this person still lived till the 70s, almost the 80s. So, so you know, I had all these strange names, Newton and all that. You know, so so uh, I started to write this. I said, why not write about addicts? And just put, you know, the names in, you know, right. and that kind of thing. So I started writing and I started writing. And so now I have a six-hour limited series that I've written about Christmas addicts. Mm. And I am pushing it now to try to get it seen by the right people. Uh, I'm, I have also, I, when I finished writing addicts, because I, I couldn't, you know, if, if, you know, people tell you anything and they, you know, and if they like you, they might, tell you all the things you want to hear not necessarily right. what you need to hear mm-hmm. you understand not necessarily what the truth is okay so I, they kept and instead of saying just they looked at like I think I had 130 pages they said this is great it's one of the best things I've ever read it's from executive former vice president of one of the networks I said alright I had, I had, no, I had 300 and some of my pages. I'm sorry. I, I really, I, I was really, throw me, throw me a hot dog and, and, a, and, a, and, a, uh-huh. and, a, and a crystal light or something, <laughs> a Snapple, and don't bother me. I'm ready. So I, I, I got to 100, I, 300 and some of my pages. I had all that. I said, what am I doing here? I don't have the script is 110 pages. I've gone crap. I've got a book here. I don't know what so I said, so they looked, they said, this, this is one of the best scripts of five scripts they've ever seen. And I said, this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, crap. No, no, they, they, they're not telling me the truth. Okay. I said, all right, I'm going to try to write something else. If I'm a writer, let's see. So I, they, so I said, what else did I write? I said, write, write a comedy. What a writer, what comedy? What comedy? When they were looking at reruns of uh, Taxi at the time. And that's how long ago this was. Right. Uh, they said, they said, I said, the of my taxi. So I said, okay. So I wrote something called Limo Inc. I finished that thing with the guy in New Jersey. It was called Crackdown of Burnham Heights, which uh, coincidentally, Jim Brown and Fred Williamson and those guys did a similar project two years after I finished mine. They never saw mine, so I kind of accuse them of stealing it. But right, it's so right. it's the same story. Yeah. So, um, and so I did. I wrote that. Then I wrote a uh, zombie um, uh, uh, script as well. And I said, okay. And everyone said, yeah, you got. You have a knack for this. You're really good. And so I've written a. Uh, uh, um, I've been pushing this one. I've also got a serial killer script that is uh, dark, very dark, and and also good as well. And uh, so I'm pushing, I'm pushing those two things. So that's that's for. But just to, just to connect the dots here, 1975, I get a call, come to 
You're going to be Christmas addicts. You're going to have John Good, Trevor Howard. Do you know who John Good and Trevor Howard are, guys? I know who John Good is. Okay, okay. Well, let's put it this way. They're two of the most impressive actors. They're Sir John Good and and Sir Trevor Howard. They're they're, they're two of the most impressive actors in British acting. uh, Come out of the UK ever. Right. And they were major stars. They were going to be my co-stars, okay? Mm. Christmas Addicts. I'm going to play Christmas Addicts. My family went to Addicts. Addicts is a big part of my life. I know Addicts like I know the back of my hand. Um, I know more about Addicts than probably... I know about my own high school that I went to. <laughs> I know addicts because so, I mean, there's so many references there. I mean, everybody, I, I, there's so many stories I could tell you about addicts in Minneapolis and that area. There have been documentary. Addicts is now a historical landmark. Mm. There's still a high school. There have been several documentaries made by it. Uh, PBS made one uh, with Ted Green. Uh, Spike did one for 20 minutes about Oscar and Christmas Addicts. Uh, there have been another couple of independent documentaries. There have been articles. It is probably the most famous high school in America. Mm. Okay? That school. And then I write something that is appreciated by the people, you know, I have a, you know, a, a group of, um, uh, say, eight or nine or ten that I can get to that, you know, are uh, top tier production companies, you know, right. um, pres- vice presidents of um, the networks, that kind of thing. So the people I've been able to get it to have said, oh, yes, it's got to be done. We're not doing any period pieces, by the way, but, but this has to be done. This is great writing, great writing, great story, great this, great that. We recommend it, but we're not doing it. <laughs> so, so that's where I am now. That's where I am with my career. I'm writing. I've, the serial killer script is I take it from a kid that's five years old. And what happens to him throughout his life uh, that makes him... It turns him into a, a, a serial killer from his adolescence to his teenage years, to his adulthood, to his point where he's in, he's in his 30s and has killed many, many people. Mm. And um, it's a very dark and uh, very um, revealing story. And so, you know, I got that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing besides acting. I got a few things coming up, got some stuff on. Um, John Henry, you guys see John Henry? Yeah, I wanted to it was, see it. It was on I Netflix, right? It. It's on Netflix. Yeah, still yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. is on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix movie. Still. Yeah, on okay. You want to you want to hear something about John Henry? Real Absolutely. Quick? Go ahead. Hey, no, here yours. we go. John Henry got the worst reviews ever in film history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got some horrible reviews. Right. Really bad. Really bad. Not for the film itself so much, but for the director didn't give good reviews and writers didn't give good reviews and. You know, that's pretty much the film right there anyway. So, yeah. but, but basically, uh, Terry Crews was in it. Uh, me, uh, uh, Ludacris. Ludacris? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, a, a very fine young actress named Jim Alabama Falcon. She's in, uh, uh, she's in, uh, Empire. Empire and also in, uh, West Side Story. 
Oh yeah, West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Yep. West Side Story as well. So, um, so I, but I play a, a, a kooky character that that's that's, that's fun and mm-hmm. funny. So so, but uh, here's a story. So we go on Netflix. January goes on Netflix, and it stays in the top ten for over almost over a week. Mm-hmm. Now there are films that are major productions, great cast, great reviews that don't stay in the top ten for over a week. This, for some reason, hung in there. I don't know why, but it's stuck there. <laughs> it also played in Europe in the top 10 for over a week. Mm. The Variety, like all the other reviewers, well, mm. eight, they have most of the reviewers, anyway, gave it a pretty poor review. And then Variety called the producers and said, listen, we have to interview you about your smash hit on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> only, in <Hollywood. laughs> only in Hollywood so they went back and interviewed them again and gave them a great review because they had a wow. smash hit on Netflix mm-hmm. ah inside that's Hollywood stuff. inside Hollywood that's stuff. how it goes yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's how, I mean because I know like like you said that there are certain movies that come out that are supposed to be like these big movies or big TV shows uh me and D, what was the one we reviewed? Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Yes. You know, and and we had heard that Netflix had put millions of dollars into this movie. I think it was like one of the high, like the most paid productions that they had ever done. And mm-hmm. it flopped. But then, like you said, with John Henry, like it was trending. It stayed in the top 10. And, you know, just because someone may not like something, there are always people that are out there that do like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you thought something was trash and like, that's Mm -hmm. why I don't really like trashing a lot of stuff because Mm -hmm. it's like, if I might not like it, you know, I don't want to say that something's trash and then that upsets somebody who really appreciates it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me tell you something. There was a film, I think it was called the Island years ago. Not the Island. Was it called the Island? Anyway, never had the title. That was a film that cost mega millions mega millions and it flopped so bad that they fired their entire floor mm, <laughs> of, wow. of the network everybody Jeez. just got the pink slip because <laughs> mm. they said we're, we're not gonna take this <laughs> we're, we're losing all this money we can't justify it everybody loses their job and they they wiped out the entire floor i forget which studio it was i want i want to say but i don't want to say because i don't if i'm wrong then they'll They'll come back they'll with come me. Maybe I give them uh, the give me a job, man. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, don't do hey, it. Hey, Water, Waterworld uh, was like that too when it first came out. Oh, Waterworld, man. Oh, and I love God. Waterworld. So hey. I, got, I got a great story on that one too, boy. Hey Paul, hey, Paul Mooney said they'll come and take you, so you got to be careful what you say. Paul Mooney, <laughs> do you remember Paul Mooney? Absolutely. Yeah, rest in peace. Oh, oh my, yes. Oh, I, I, I was. I knew Paul Mooney. I did JoJo Dancer. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I knew Paul Mooney there. I knew him some oh, I knew him before that because I his sons and I were on um oh god, Fish and Say Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I knew Paul Mooney from that. And Paul opened a candy store on Highland, right off the of sunset. 
he had this candy store. I don't know why the candy store and this beautiful woman was there, but I mean, it's, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you're not getting, I, I never saw any business going in there really. And I didn't think there was, they were going to do very much. It just, just wasn't nothing. Anyway, but he was always, he was always very friendly to me, always funny. And Paul was always, always a laugh, always a laugh. Great, great, great comedian. Great comedian. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. Didn't <laughs> care. I tell, you, I tell you someone else who, who's died recently. Um, John, you're down with this one. I used to know John. I knew John when he was auditioning. We were all auditioning together, trying to get the, the, a job. And we were just going from audition to audition, audition. Nobody booking, or very few of us booking anything. John was in character all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John was that character that he played on those films. He was that character as soon as I saw him come in the parking lot for the audition. I like that. He was, he was, he was, I'm going to, all those things with his mouth talking. I got to, I got to be coordinated. Got to coordinate. Coordinate. I guess he was warming up. He was always in character. Every uh-huh. time I saw him, I used to see him all He'd the time. He'd always sing the little jingles. He was always doing it. Uh-huh. Whatever it, I think, I think he just, I think he stayed in character so that he would, would you know, he, he would, because that was, that was the character that he, he developed and he was comfortable there. Right. Wanted to keep it sharp. So when he went into the audition, he just gave him what he, what he, gave, what he had, you know, and it was, yeah. and he stayed true to what he, what he, what he was, you know, what mm-hmm. a character he, what John Weatherspoon, the character yeah, that he, he felt was. comfortable with. Right. Yes. Yeah, you know, I feel so you he, on that. Um, yeah. There was, because, you know, I had seen him in the Wayans Brother when I was a kid, and then yeah. pretty much everything that I had saw him in after that, like, he was pretty much the same character. But I remember I had seen an episode, I believe it was What's Happening Now, and he mm-hmm. was up there, and I was just like, that's not the John Witherspoon that I know, because it's like he wasn't he wasn't the John Witherspoon that I seen him and everything else. He was right. calm. He was nice. He was just, he was talking slow. I was just like, nah, this ain't, this ain't my pop. That, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. had the other side too. I've mm. been, able, I was able to see that in some of the things he did as well. I saw it in some of his performances for those brief moments when he wasn't, mm. you understand? When he, when he wanted to show tenderness, he yeah. wanted to show, um, um, uh, a, a soft or a, um, a normal behavior towards the line or give a line without without the the emphasis on the comedy and that kind of thing. I'm trying to throw the line, you know, in, char- in that character. I, 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 I've seen him do that many, many... I would catch glimpses of it. Be in a scene and be doing this thing and then all of a sudden he would change for a brief few minutes, you know, a minute or two, not a minute or two, seconds. You know, into and I say that's John. I say I know that's what he's. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I know he I know he could do that, but he would. I swear he used to come to those auditions, boy, and I could see, I just go. I said, damn, this guy. Is, and, and I thought it. I thought he was doing it because of his his stage act. You right. know, his, his um, his, you know, his, uh, on a comedy circuit. You know that he would. Always, so he's always trying to keep himself fresh for that. I don't know why, but he he, he 
he'd come to those auditions and he'd be wearing I mean there was I I would say hello to him, talk to him for a little bit, but you can't talk to that character too much because you know you what do you say to somebody that's in that uh-huh. in that character? MO. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you say to somebody that's going <laughs> I gotta Where's audition? What do we sign up? Mm, oh, good, good. What do you do with that? <laughs> How you doing, John? <laughs> good seeing you, John. <laughs> and then he would say, and he would break from him. Hey, I do, man. Where's the stuff at? Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Okay, God. And then he would go off and he, I guess hey, he just, uh, you got to live the gimmick. You you I guess so, man. I guess if we got something that works, work it, baby. Mm-hmm. Work it. Yeah. Don't hate the player, hate the game, brother. You know, okay. well, I like that. Well, that's that's right. So, uh, Mr. Ford, we're here at the end of the episode now. And, uh, you know, D, he always yep. has his final wrap up questions that he loves to ask. Go. And, you know, with you being a horror icon, I know yeah, that this is going to be, yeah, you know what? Um, this is going to be interesting on two fronts. Uh, first off, I want to ask Mr. Foray, favorite 80s or 90s movie? You might be able to give us a 70s one, actually. I think it's appropriate, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe give you a 40s. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm more interested to know what, what you had coming up. As yeah. A- yeah. What, what, are, what are two of your favorite movies of all time? How about that? Two of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Okay. Okay. Why don't I give you can I can I turn that around and give you a list and just go with a list of movies that I like just down the line? Yeah, I think all of our listeners would like that too. Okay. So okay. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um Alien, um uh every Frank Capra movie that's ever been made, probably mm. most of them. Uh they shoot horses, don't they? Great movie. I was watching mm. the Sunshine Boys the other day with mm-hmm. um with uh, uh, Ed, um, George Burns and, and, and my thought, Walter Matthau, funny as hell. I love that kind of humor. <laughs> uh, um, I would say uh, Lawrence of Arabia because I love... Um, mm, gorgeous film. I, I love the, love this, I love the shots. I love the shots. I love the mm. shots. And, the, and the performances. Omar Sharif's performance is very good, but also... Anthony Quinn plays the hell out of that. Uh, I feel like, well, I'm a river. To, I'm poor. Why? Because I'm a river to my people. It's a, <laughs> he just lays it out there. It's just great. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film. Um, Spartacus was a great film of mine. I like uh, action adventure. I like heroes. Right. I grew up um, uh, thinking that I was a hero because I was I, I was I was Superman or I was the cowboy hero and that kind of thing. So. I, I like those kind of uh, redemption films. I like somebody mm-hmm. that, that fights and, and and turns their life around or saves saves the child from the from the you know I I I can go back to Charlie Chaplin movies. I can go uh-huh. back to, to to I can I can look at uh, Peter Laurie and M and um, uh, oh Lawrence Olivier playing Othello. My God, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of Lawrence Olivier playing Richard Richard. Uh, um, I um, what other movies? Movies, 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 movies. I know there's so many of them, and I, I and I'm getting stuck here because I know there are thousands of them that I I, I love to love to see. Oh God, 
What what's what's so good 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 stuff? Heck, heck some some of the latest ones. Um, uh, I, I I did like Judas and the Black Messiah. I did like Mudbound a lot. Mm-hmm. I did like I like Green Book a lot. If we're gonna go to the, 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 on on that side of town, I did like that a lot. I like uh, Night in Miami, as I told you. I love that film as well. What I really liked as a documentary was Ali. And I think mm. everyone should see Muhammad Ali with, with Ken Burns because it is a example of of the era I lived in, mm. some of the things that influenced me, the people I was around, uh, all of that was part. Anything that has to do with the civil rights movement at that point as well. I, you know, I was a part, you know, Snake Corps, Panthers, all of that stuff was was, was certainly about me. Oh, back to film. Mm-hmm. Um Oh God! Anything that's really if if I don't see it's a wonderful life and during Christmas I feel cheated. <laughs> it's the only Christmas film I want to watch. I watch it every time. I get emotional every time I see it. I can't help that. Um, do let's see the eighties film. Serpico, missed, um was they was Serpico's eighties or seventies? That was that's had to be eighties, eighties, wasn't it? Serpico, no, got to be seventies, right? Serpico, um, what else? Who's who's who was good? Godfather, of course, all the Godfather mm-hmm. films, every one of them, great, great, great stuff. I love them, never get tired of them. Hate that they hate that scene where they talk about dope and giving it to the. The mm-hmm. black community because they're animals anyway. Hate that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so as most black people would. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, other than that, great, great stuff. Um, Hell yeah. Any, any, any of the great, any of the good stuff that, Sydney Portier, just to give, just to take you back to the, Sidney Poitier and uh, Harry Belafonte mm-hmm. in uh, Buck and the Preacher, a oh. cowboy film. I love that little. I love that. I love that they were able to get that and make that happen, and that they were they were the heroes of that. You get you guys ever see Buck and the Preacher? No, gotta see it, not. guys. Gotta look All it up. Right. Buck and the Preacher, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, and Ruby D. Okay. And Ruby D. Right. Uh, I don't know when it came out. Probably, probably the eighties or seventies, something like that. Um, see what else? Um, something that was really good in the eighties that I liked, 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 that I liked. I, I tell you, some horror stuff that I liked as well, and that had to be in the. Now that was in two thousand. Do I go to two thousand, guys? You want that? Yeah, yeah that's it's anywhere. We on yeah. the journey, old boy. Yeah. Old boy, okay. Mm-hmm. Old boy, and old boy was in in Europe and 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 Asia before five or six years before it got to the United States. Right. Yeah, it's on Netflix now right. too. So and anybody, yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spike Lee did one as mm. well. Yep. And then uh, there's a there's a French film called Inside that I loved. An old film called Inside. There's one I'm looking for. I can't find it. It's a film, French film. It's about an old woman 
And she looks like an old grandma. She's kind of tall, kind of bent over, or very old, probably in her 70s or 80s. 70s, I'm 70s, and I'm talking about very old. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so she, she's bent over, and she's the nastiest woman in the world. She is so <laughs> evil, so cruel, and I can't find it. I can't think of it. I can't find it anywhere. I've looked, I've looked, I've looked. So if anybody's listening to this, they can find that film. I think it's in subtitles, but she is so horrible to everybody. It is funny. It is it's very good. Very, very good. Um, um, inside, oh boy. And I, 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 I saw Platform. You guys see Platform? You know, yes. You know? Yes. About yes. The, um, where basically everybody has to, they live on different levels and they yes. have to kind of share. Yes, and share the food. Yes. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I think y'all should watch it. It's very trippy. Great, but basically, great. it starts at the top. All the food comes out of the kitchen. And as it goes to your floor, you're supposed to just take what you want. But obviously, some people take more than what they need. And right. by the time it gets to the bottom, you know, Not it's much. like a society kind of thing. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, that's right. The people before you are terrible, you know, they would spit on it, take bites. At, yeah, it's, it's an interesting film. Yes, this yes, great yes, film. Yes, if you get yes. a chance, guys, watch it. Watch it. You'll be another thing added to the list. Yep. Yeah, another add to the list. You know. So yeah, those are some of them. You know, I, nice. I could probably if, if you guys gave me about another half hour, I could probably give you about <laughs> ten more. You know, nice. Probably more more current, but I, I'll I'll let I'll let that stand. Okay. Oh yeah, that was a, a hell of a list. Thank you, Mister Fora. And um, the one other question. This one's a, a smaller one, but uh, growing up. What was there? Was there anything that you saw, was it, whether it was a horror film or maybe a tune you heard or something that was really creepy that stuck with you? Um, was there anything like that? Anything, I guess, that you saw that really spooked you and stayed with you? Maybe you if know, it was a jingle to an opening show or anything? Um, you know, I could tell you, I could tell you the, 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 it, it was always Bella Lugosi's uh, bite. Mm-hmm. You know, into the van mm-hmm. when he when he had it, when uh, he yeah. began to began to open his mouth and those fangs came out and he's gonna bite on somebody. Yep. It was always interesting. I I, I the Wolfman turning into the Wolfman, Lon mm-hmm. Chaney when I was coming up. But I tell you something that really stuck with me that wasn't horror, mm-hmm. and it kind of surprised me. And I've mentioned it already, but I'm gonna mention it again. Okay. And I don't I don't want people to think think badly of me because of this, but um I was in the went to Catholic schools all my life. Mm-hmm. And don't don't fault me for that either, guys. Because I'm a good Catholic boy <laughs> and I'll punch you in the nose. That's right. <laughs> You're Joe Grizzly. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so so I um um I had to be eight, seven or eight years old, something like that. And they took us all to this big theater in downtown Indianapolis, school project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm running around like most kids, once you're in a, a theater and movies on, you're kind of restless and you're going from place to place and you're playing with your buddies and stuff like that. And you're that right. young, you don't sit still very easily unless you have your parents next to you. You, you, got, a, you got a couple of classes with, 
with uh, from fourth grade or fifth grade on the way down to kindergarten to 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 seventh first grade kids or whatever. You know, you, you they can't watch everybody. So I'm running around with my guys and and it was Laurence Olivier doing Othello, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I stopped what I was doing. I started to pay attention, and I was engrossed with the language, with the story. And that was at that young age, and, I, and, and it always stuck with me that, that instead of doing what I would normally do as a kid, that that just drew me in. This is a guy in blackface now. Right, right. But he's doing Othello. And I'm following the story, and I'm following the language, and I'm understanding it. I'm understanding where it's going. I said, "Wow!" So I always thought about that. I said, "Wow, that was that was." I, I think I fell in love with Shakespeare for that moment. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with Shakespeare as as as. Uh, as a play, as a playwright, you know, the wording, storytelling, the style. And uh, that was at a young age. You know, I, I didn't think about it any further than that, but as, as I look back, right. it was a pivotal moment as a child to say, wow, you know, why wasn't I, why didn't I look at it and go, eh? You know, I'm not, I'm not into this. You know, this is not grabbing me. You know, I'm, I'm going over here. This is, this is, this, this, this talking funny or the language is a little different or, you know, the, the, the guy, this is a story. This is kind of a dull story or it's about, I read to get into this. Why in the one I'm going here and have some fun with Jojo and PD and Ann and all these other people, what we're doing. Instead, I was just drawn toward it and that captivated me. I said, wow. So I think about that occasionally. It's the only Shakespeare movie that has been nominated for an Oscar. And hopefully that changes this year and we get Denzel nominated as Macbeth. That's because right. that was incredible. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of the year last year. You know, the, the, the Denzel and I played basketball together all the time. Wow. wow. Years ago. That's, we played together. Cool. We played together on Saturdays, every Saturday for years. And then we played together. <laughs> we played together on weekdays and, and other days at, 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 a, at another gymnasium, at the Hollywood High School every Saturday. And wow. uh, Johnny Brown had, had the, the Johnny Brown All-Star, Johnny Brown Bookman from, uh, from uh, the um, Dynamite. Uh-huh. Yeah. A good yeah. times. From good times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew Johnny exactly Brown. what he was talking about. Mm. Johnny Brown, Johnny Brown would have the Johnny Brown All-Stars. And he would have some pro players there. He would have some pro wow. players. He'd have some some stars there, that kind of thing. And so uh, Mike Warren, Dorian Harewood, uh, uh Denzel, uh to just to name a few of the actors, Johnny, a few other people there, the uh, Bernie Casey. Was there oh, all the wow. time? Mm-hmm. Every day, every Saturday, we met and we played played basketball against each other. I had I had to get a bunch of guys 
from the, the, the guys that weren't celebrities, the street players. I had my own team, and then Johnny had his guys, and we could we'd go to war every Saturday. Oh, so, wow. And, wow, uh, that's phenomenal. And, and Denzel was one of them. And uh, then then we, and then I would meet, outside of that, I would never see those other guys at any other gym, just on Saturday right. in that gym. Yeah. But after that, uh, Denzel and I would meet, not on purpose, but we knew it was another game at another park and a, and a <laughs> recreational center. And they had a game at 12 <laughs> o'clock noon or something like that. And lo and behold, me and Denzel would be there. You know, I'm always yeah. picking oh, up on my team. You need to make this movie. Right. Yeah, well, this well, is, yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, on Chappelle's show, you had the Charlie Murphy True Hollywood stories when he was talking about him and Prince. And, you know, now we got Mr. Foray up here and he's talking about playing basketball with that's Denzel. Right. And like, yeah, that's all the time. That's all, awesome all, all the time. That's all awesome. the time. We'll, we'll let I can tell everybody you more know about you his game than most yeah. people know, baby. Right, and he'll tell you I know. Mr. Foray, did you dunk on him? No, I I barely Denzel didn't play against me. I was um mm. I was Denzel played more of a guard game, mm-hmm. pretty much that kind of thing. I was um he couldn't handle you. We we get it. We get <laughs> it. I, I, I was the leader of my group and I played center and I controlled mm. uh, controlled the paint and everything else down there. That's right. I tell you, I tell you somebody. There was a guy in um, coming to America with Eddie Burn Murphy, and he's and mm-hmm. he's uh, with his, with the father and those guys, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and they go to the party at 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 the at the, uh, the Mr. the father's house with the, with the girls and stuff like that. And there's a couple there. And there's a big guy that is there as a guest, and you just see a bit of him turn and and, and he nods at um, John Amos. You know, hey, mm-hmm. you know that. that, that. Mm-hmm. That guy was named, we called him Rough House. Rough, Rough House. House was like about, that. he's about six, three, six, three and a half, about 300, 300, about 400 pounds, big guy. Wow. wow. And Rough House would come and lean on me. And Oof. he would lean on me all day long. And after about, no, but not all day, that's about two or three games of Rough House, I was spent. Mm-hmm. So that that though so there was really and an Joe inside Grisley game. Denzel Denzel didn't, didn't, uh-huh. didn't want any part of that. He should jump and go on about his business. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, oh man, and he's a good player though. Denzel's yeah. a good player. Good wow. I've seen I've seen clips. Uh-huh. Hey, he can play. Mm-hmm. He can play. I mean, he's be on my team any day. Well, hey, right. hey, we gotta see, we gotta see it happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah gotta, neither gotta, one of us can play anymore. Now, don't I, say I, that. I, I bet I bet you that. <laughs> I, I, he might be better. He might be able to play better than that. He's got a son that 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 that, that keeps him active. I'm sure, and I'm I'm sure he's had to. He's had some. Uh, uh, I know he was he was doing some some physical training for a while. So mm-hmm. he might be. He's probably in better shape than I am in terms of playing basketball. Uh, he yeah. did his own stunts and equalizer. Hey, well, he still look, got it. Yeah. Mr. Four. I mean, hey, you told us your story about getting ready for Halloween. So. It's like if Denzel's just like, hey, I'm trying to play a game of one on one. It's a, hey, it's time for you to get back in shape, and uh, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be on the sidelines rooting for if, you. If, if 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 he wants to, if he wants, to, if he if he gives me a call and says, big, they call me Big Guard. If you <laughs> say to God. Denzel, do you know Big Guard? Um, he's going to say, oh yeah. <laughs> if you say, th- if you say that to any of those guys that were in that 
place on uh, uh, Charlie Brown on, on Saturday, and you don't don't say Kim Forey. Yeah, we won't. Just we say won't. Big, big God. God. Big God. No, big say, God. That's a whole other story, guys. Mm-hmm. Why that's they right. call me Big God. And that's uh-huh. a whole other laugh in itself. But if you ask, <laughs> if you mention Big God, they all know exactly who you're talking about. And Denzel <laughs> would immediately say, yeah, I know Big God. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> if I ever run into Denzel Washington, I'm just, that's all I want to say, Big God. And he's going to know. That's I'll be right. like, he's going to know. I, tell, I was like, speaking uh-huh. to Big God. And, and <laughs> Big God, say God. Say women. Say that again. Big God. He said, "Yeah, for my yeah, he played basketball with the big God. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Big God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. So he gonna he gonna tell Definitely. his son. He gonna be like." Hey, go over there. I need to talk real quick. Why did Big God send you? <laughs> hey, he sent he sent me a message and said, "Let's go. Let's get yourself in shape. We're gonna run a little bit. Mm-hmm. I will get myself in shape to run with it." Uh, I like that. Like that's a good way to end up. So, Mr. Forey, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. up here, especially for Black History Month, man. We really appreciate you coming up here, joining us. We loved all the stories. We hope that everybody that listens and then watches this video, we hope that you guys enjoyed and appreciated all the stories that Mr. Foray had for us. So before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at KenForey8, uh, Twitter, and also you can find me on Facebook, and I will soon have a website up, a new website up at KenForey.com. So look for that in the next two or three weeks at the most. Okay, so look nice. for that. We should have some interesting things going on. You want to get off my screen, guys? Oh, I'll end get it for you. I'm trying to get off the screen. I can't get off the screen. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll end it. There he is. Hey, guys. Uh, Hell of an interview. Hell yeah. of an interview. We, uh, hey. we did it again. Hey, look, we got a new friend, and, uh, you know, I guess he ain't getting breadsticks. He's getting no, sold. that's right. Dinner on Banks. Dinner on Banks. No, it ain't Dinner on Banks. It's Dinner on All of Us. I want to need all y'all to come up. But no, guys, really good episode, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was going to I was going to suggest like he was asking like for good soul food. It's just like you got me and D here. D can do his thing. I can do my thing. And Trav, you can bring the potato salad. I ain't bringing up oh, potato God. salad. He said the potato salad. Come on. Don't make me throw uh, them raisins at take you. Take it easy. So me and D could come up with uh, a really good meal. You know, I mean, we no. Like, qu- come on. He said he want, he want pork chops. The chef. Mac and cheese. Uh. You know, look. You know how Hawk I got them arrows. Uh-huh. I got these dishes. Okay. All right. Yeah, hey, we got stop. it here, man. But yes, no, sir. but for real though, really fun episode, man. I hope. Everybody that listened to it, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. You loved it, loved the stories. If you ever run into Mr. Forey at a convention, just say Big God. That's all you need to say to him. And he'll know what's up. Mm -hmm. And if you ever run into Denzel, say that to him too, because he'll know what's up. And that's what I love about these interviews is because you hear these stories, man. And like he even said, you know, there's stories that he's told in other interviews before, but then there's stories that he told up here that people have never heard before. So thank you so much, Mr. Forey, for joining us. Trav, let them know where they can find you at in social media land. That's right. You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd ranking and rating my favorite movies that I'm watching. D, where they finding the chef at. You can find me at rebellious double underscore D23 Instagram.com. Hey, and Banks, look, if Joe Grizzly needs a hero, where can he find you at? Hey, he can find me 
your hero, Benjamin Banks, at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you again, everybody, for watching. And, uh, well, sorry about the watching part. That's for the YouTube people. But thank you for listening to this brand new episode for Black History Month. We really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Make sure that you go and follow Mr. Forey on all of his social media accounts as well. Make sure that you follow all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We also have a Patreon where, you know, people that donate to us, it really helps us out because uh, it keeps the heat on in the house. And that is at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to all our patrons who donate to us because you really help us out and we love and appreciate you guys. But with that being said, happy Black History Month. Stay safe, stay positive, keep that pinky up. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Cheers. <laughs>